Hi, my name is Dora, and this is a podcast called Verified Geek. It's a podcast with guests that work or have worked in the tech industry. They share with me their journeys, thoughts, hobbies, and interests. Please join me. In today's episode, my guest is Abby, a talented business analyst that will talk to us about development methodologies, waterfall vs. agile, and what is safe. What are the challenges? Do you need a degree to work in tech? training for the military and working full-time. Let's hear it. Hi, Abby. How are you? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> good, good, good. Where are you right now? At home at my parents. Do you want to ah, okay. <laughs> are you planning to come back to London or? Um, yeah, I'd like to, but not to. So I was looking to buy there, which would have been a very expensive flat. A flat flat oh, wow. um but not anymore no I think with COVID and working for a consultancy it's very much not needed so yeah now looking where to live uh south coast not looking promising because the house prices are ridiculous so yeah, yeah. So I don't yeah, know no, where I'm going to move to but <laughs> I mean it, the, the people keep on saying that it's a good time to buy a house but I don't think it is um I agree. yeah yeah I disagree as well but yeah We'll see, we'll see. Yeah. It's a good time keep, to rent the, Yeah, yeah, that's really cheap. So a lot of financial advisors I've been talking to keep saying, like, hold off to the end of the year. Um, but for me as well, that just feels really awful to capitalise or win against somebody else's misery because that's where they're expecting the crash might come um, and defaults on mortgages. But, I mean, that just feels a bit awful to swoop in on somebody else's misery. But Yeah, that's true. So... Uh, yeah uh welcome to the podcast it's great to have you here uh, this podcast is about uh mostly uh methodologies development methodologies and stuff and i thought you'd be the perfect person for this um so tell me a bit about your background what did you study um so this might well actually it's not surprising people in the industry but for people outside the industry there is this uh idea that you have to have a degree or uh, a diploma or certificates or something in it uh actually that wasn't the route that i came in and what i found with many people as well that it's not the route that they took um so i was studying my a levels and just as i graduated from that we came into so i had a year working for a recruitment company and I always wanted to be in the military at that point. So that's where I wanted to go. Then the crash happened. Well, the recession happened. Um, and the military just started cutting off the jobs, like going, no, grades went up. Admittedly, I would want to be a pilot. So for me, that's why it was like an absolute no-go because I'd have to go and read, uh, reading my maths um, and some A-levels. So I fell into an admin job uh, with a county council. Uh, with, with them for a while and then because we we're then coming out of the recession area government was wanting to make some savings a consultancy came in to do that and they wanted people who knew the processes um, to help them understand where savings could be made so I applied for this job that was called a star um, and actually that in our language is a junior business analyst so I moved into the role of a star doing more transformation pieces. Um, wasn't really for me um because what I disliked about it is that I would be going into a department that'd be extremely welcoming but I was there to look at savings so it always felt a little bit um 
ulterior, ulterior motive. Um, yeah, it just doesn't fit my personality very well. And I actually then started to enjoy more the IT system that we were then creating off of the back of the, the transformation piece to support it. Um, so then I moved into IT. Then I was asked to do a bit of testing because I had a good eye for testing. So I tried out a bit of testing. Um, and then I thought I really want to make a go of this career because what I was being paid was nowhere near what the industry was paying. So I literally in a week sat an Agile Foundation. Uh, it wasn't even like, I don't even know what it would be recognised, but it was, a found, it was just an Agile Foundation to prove that you know it. Applied for a job got the job in an insurance company and from there on my career just rocketed up um just from working in an IT department yeah nice that you say that every single business analyst I know has has done a bit of testing as well it's like yeah yeah especially when I was working for a startup and we didn't have enough people in 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 all the positions Mm. business analysts would do everything project management testing everything yeah, yeah definitely and that's what I think is great about the role but also a little bit unfair to the point that I now look at job CVs and I'm like wow that's three people's job where's that salary times three yeah but it's also so impossible to do that job properly when you're having to wear that many hats as well yeah. yeah how long have you been working in tech I think it's about seven if not eight years now so quite nice. a while that's good yeah, I don't so, know how it's gone so quickly. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? It does mm. go by really quickly. Um, so ha- have you worked with uh, Waterfall method- methodology? I have, not a fan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know what other people's opinions on it. And maybe I wasn't working on Waterfall in the best way. So again, this I worked on it at, and I feel like it's quite, something that was a methodology many years ago as well so because agile wasn't really a thing back then so I started working in it and um as a and as a junior BA who didn't really have the qualifications there at the time um I was asked to collect requirements so we were given a spreadsheet and we're just told to go to our departments that we've been assigned and fill in this massive spreadsheet and then we hand this to uh, an external consultancy that come in uh, not the one that hired me in to do the, the the transformation piece. And they're like, we can't work off this. And I was like, well, yeah, I'm not surprised. Um, so the developers then created their own document for us to use. And we then filled that out. And then the testers were saying, well, we can't work against this. So maybe that's why I've, I'm, I don't feel Waterfall works that great because at mm. the front end of just trying to collect the requirements it was a struggle it was really difficult to find out how the requirements needed to be gathered but not gathered on how they needed to be documented to make it correct for the developers and the testers to be able to do it and that very much what I saw happening is it was based on what the developers wanted but we can't look at about the testers because they need to do the testing bit um so you'd spend this time collecting these requirements in that time the business is evolving they're 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 going they're making their own changes on things new working in the government space at that time there's new policies coming out as well so it's about getting the timing right of these projects because if it's about to come near new policy release or new white papers then the the whole department's going to change of what they needed and and that's where waterfall is very difficult because you have the upfront requirement gathering 
the developers do all their test uh, um, coding and then it goes to the testers to test all this stuff and at any one of these points something could go wrong or something could change in the business and it it doesn't work with a fluid business the only uh, the only domain I've ever thought waterfall would be good for but actually with safe coming along that opinion's now slightly changed is finance because at the end of the day with finance they have to they're dealing with money and you can't always release your code every two weeks but if you've got a whole company with multiple development departments then you can't block up that release all going out because one department isn't ready to press go because there's something not quite right with the code that could cause money loss or something um so that'd be the only domain i would say needs a bit of probably a waterfall process but apart from that i would say it's but to be blunt on it if i was approached to work in waterfall and i was going to be offered an extra 10 20 grand or even one grand more i would not yeah. work on waterfall yeah i agree with what you say there's a lot of time lost as well and yeah. the experience i have was that uh, we were not like as programmers we were not really involved in the whole process and mm. the business analyst would go and talk to the client then come back to us yeah. with a massive document document and would be like but what you promised is not doable in this time so yeah you need to go back they would go back and then have promised them stuff that they were not supposed to be promising them come back to us with a slightly smaller documentation but still yeah. Things that it, it was, yeah, I, I found that we, we lost a lot of time. But also um, what I noticed is that as programmers, we're a lot more involved now with Agile. And mm-hmm. was pre- the only good thing that I liked about Waterfall was that I had so much time in my hands. Like I <laughs> wouldn't go to meetings to, to, to talk about stories. It was just yeah. a big, take the documentation. And sometimes I'd like, go through it and be like well I don't like this this needs to change Mm. uh but and that's where the time was lost but in terms of us yeah we actually had more time I think in our hands because the only thing that I would do was just code nothing else yes yeah um and that's where I think this is where I like safe do we talk about safe for a bit yeah so let's go to waterfall and agile now what are your thoughts on it um so what i like about agile is every two weeks we should be releasing something so as a business analyst instead of instead of trying to think about this complete system end to end which you can just get stuck in your own mind and then you start to talk yourself out of certain decisions Whereas with Agile, you only need to think about, okay, this is the system, but I just need to worry about this part of the system at the moment. And actually, how am I going to break this down into a minimal viable product? So instead of all these glossy levels to it, I just need to worry about this this baseline of this part. Um, and it, you, 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 have, you can get everybody in the same room to talk about it. Uh, when you get, so normally I, I before had um, developers and testers and then I moved to another company and then suddenly there's a department of UI UX designers. I was like, oh my gosh, this is fantastic because before as a business analyst, I'll be expected, as you said before, project management, uh, agile scrum master, business analysis and the keys in not department analyst, but business. So we've got to think about what is correct for the business, which is multiple departments. Um 
and then making sure that we're aligning what we're thinking with what the developers can do within the infrastructure they've been given um and then also wireframes and ui and ux design that's so much to have to do and then you've only got two weeks to do it in um so that becomes crazy because um you you've just got too much to do in that time frame and so much to think and you've got people trying to pass you new requirements as well you've, you've also got what's going on in the current sprints as well so any problems that are coming out of those current sprints you've got to be dealing with that whilst doing all this analysis work and just being able to offload a part that you can go and sit with business you can have your ux ui designer there you can have the test manager there or senior tester and sit and look at this problem it's actually a problem shared which makes it easier on the business analyst to go okay technically what can i do the ui ux designer is then aware of what we can do they can go and do the mock designs the ba will normally sit with them and talk the logic through um, and then you go pay that back to your stakeholders. Sometimes they go, well, actually, that's not quite right, and you change it. Um, but by the time it's going into that room for refinement, as a business analyst, you're quite safe in the knowledge that these requirements, there might be like a tweak of a word because a word that we've used might mean something different to a developer or the title isn't quite correct. It's, it's, it's very small cosmetic things. It's not going to be a huge technical change. Whereas before in Waterfall, it could be a massive change by the time it got to that point. So that's what I really enjoy about Agile is getting the correct people in a room, but also the methodology of protecting you to, as a BA, say, I need these people in a room. Whereas before in Waterfall, if I tried to do that, it, it would be hard to get these people in a room because they, they, they thought, well, how much is that meeting going to cost just to have those people there? Um, and the, the concept of actually how important it is to have those people there wasn't quite there before. Whereas now with the methodology, it protects you and everybody knows if I'm working on an agile project, this is what's expected of me to to these meetings to, to attend. Um, so, yeah, I'm a big fan of agile, bigger fan of safe. Though. If you're enjoying this podcast, then join Riley and her crew as they delve into everything games from upcoming titles and nostalgic classics to game development and intriguing interviews. Learn and laugh alongside this ragtag team of indie devs. Whether you want to philosophize about the definition of the game, discuss the hype behind virtual reality, or discover games you've never heard of, Game Jones is the new crew for you. For more things Game Jones, check out allmylinks.com slash gamejones and check out their Twitter at Game Jones for all news and announcements. Um, so, sorry, my question was, what is safe exactly? Um, how is making Agile better and what's, what's your opinion on it? Okay. Um, so, I'm very used to safe, so I'll hold my hands up to that. I've only worked one project. I've done the safe qualification. Um, but so I'm sure if I say something, somebody out there might actually go, actually, no, that's not quite right. So I hold my hand up to it. I'm very new to it. So my take on what's safe is it's about release trains. Um, so what Agile didn't ever do is acknowledge architects, uh, business analysts. So it talks about product owners, but never about business analysts. Um, and I think that's because they kind of thought maybe the BA roles would roll into the product owner. I don't know. But the product owner and product manager are rightful roles in their own set rights. Um, and business analysts support them in that. 
So with SAFE, what they have done uh, is acknowledge the different roles that are needed in a product. Um, so you'd have one release train, which is our developers. Um, and then that would be your scrum team. So your, your uh, testers as well and your platform engineers. So then you're creating the DevOps element of that as well. Um, you then have another release train, which has your um, design and architecture people. So it'd be architects involved in this who are really important. Because before with companies, what I've noticed is either the senior developer or the dev manager have to step up as an architect, which right. is okay if you've only got one IT department. But if you've got an IT department with lots of um, departments within that building functionality, you then you will see conflict between whoever in those departments are trying to take on that architect role because the architect has to think about like a business analyst the, the business solution um whereas safe brings about that so safe makes it very clear that you need to have an architecture stream um you have to have your business analyst stream your your devops stream with your testers and then you can have that multiplied out as well um and the other great thing is and again this wouldn't really enter into Agile because I feel with Agile, it's very much written around the developer role is actually every company should have a roadmap for what they want to achieve by the end of the year or two years. And then quarterly, what, what should be the milestones for each of those? And again, very rarely have I seen it in the organizations that I've worked with. Um, I think really only one had it. Um, and that's because there's a, a strong product owner there. Um, so again, what SAFE makes you do is think about what is your roadmap for three months. So it's also taking the year and being agile with the year. So it's going iteratively every three months. These are what we want to deliver. And then within that, we have our sprints. So it's taking it up a level from being every two weeks, we're going to be iterative, but we're going to look at mm. it as every three months. Again, what Agile didn't give is the developers a break. So it's a bit like asking Hussein Bolt, we want you to run a sprint um, and then we want you to turn around and run that back and we want you to do that for a year, nonstop. He's never going to do it. He's going he's gonna to knacker. And that was never given to the developers or the testers or the BAs, anybody working in the IT industry. It's never given it to them in Agile. Um, whereas in safe, yeah, sorry, safe, it then takes those three months breaks it down into six sprints. The fifth sprint, so two-week sprints, the fifth one is breaking down into one sprint and that's saying to the developers, decide what you want to do, but it needs to be in line with the business goal or the project goal. So it could be you've built up a load of tech debt, it gives you that opportunity to sort that tech debt out. Or you can have a load of bugs, it's your chance to break that bugs. Or you could go, you know what, we haven't automated this system for unit testing, the testers QA part. Let's start to automate some of our test scripts to make this faster. That is what that sprint is for. So it's still delivering something, but it's not what the business wants you to do for their system. Right. Not all the time. It's your choice if you want to do that or not. Yeah. Um, so it's sort of that break time as well to improve your own systems. And then also within that is planning work for the next three months. Um, and what should also be happening is the work that goes into the, the next 
what we call planning increment PI, so your next three months, is the work that the architects and the BAs have been working on for the previous three months. So your first, so when you move to say my my ideal would be those first three months are for the business and the architects to work out what the infrastructure will be. You, of course, you're going to have some developers involved in that because you need them to be a part of this. Um, and the BAs working out and the UI UX designers working out what is the first three months of work going to be that we're going to hand the stories over for. What are the designs for this? So you have those three months up front to do that. The next three months should then be building out what's happened in that three three months. Right. Then in the next three months, we're then working on what PI3 is going to be whilst you're in PI2, building out what was planned in PI1. And I think that's a really fair way for everybody because Agile looks after developers and testers, not business analysts. Like, I know myself and colleagues, when we wanted to go on holiday, we've worked ridiculous hours to make sure that we've got the backlog to support the developers whilst we're away. Whereas yeah. this way, it allows us to, to know that we can go on holiday because a good proportion of your three months is covered with what we've already done previously. And that's where it's really good because it's a little bit of taking what Waterfall is trying to be, taking the Agile and giving you safe. Combination. Okay. That's very, very, very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. I mean, the experience I have with SAFE working with you, it was, it was uh, quite similar. Yeah. You're right. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. So um, how challenging was it for you? Because it was a bit challenging for me to help uh, writing user stories, you know, Mm. as programmers, we think, that looks really easy. What is that? Just putting words <laughs> in, on, a, on a paper about what we're doing. It's easy. Yeah. And then when I started writing them, I was like, oh, actually, that, that is not that easy now. It, like, it's very... So what was your take on it? Because you started with Waterfall, you have a long experience. Yeah. First started um, writing user stories. So, yeah, so even just writing the stories has um, evolved in its own right. So when I first started at Agile, it was very much... Um, I'm trying not to think of BDD here. So um, as I, I want to say that. And then yeah. there's a little bit below that and it'd be like a really long sentence and and it didn't really quite work. Whereas we've now moved to BDD and that I think is great because, and I think probably I get on with it quite well is because I did a module on um, coding. So my brain can then click into how would a developer write this? So when I did my module on coding, how would I try and write this as a coder? So it's those if-then statements. Um, so we still do the first bit of the as I, I want to say that. And I think that's really key because a developer and a tester need to understand what is the end user trying to do. Um, and I've even got to a point where when I'm writing that bit, I'm thinking about, and safer sort of changes around. So we're talking about agile version of this. Um, the feature my feature, as I, I want to say that, should always sort of be the same. So uh, as a uh, shopper, I want to move items to a basket so that I can hold all the things that I'm interested in. And that should be my feature, talking about that basket. Um, yeah. And then you move into the actual story bit, which is what's going to make this unique. So um I, and I always try to do, so exceptions criteria one, AC one, so it's like your ID for which section. 
Um, so um, AC1, and then I always give like a title to it because when you're trying to do refinement, you probably have written that story and then it's been a week, two weeks, and they're like, oh yeah, what was this story again? So I normally just give myself a bit of a hinter. Um, so it'd be um, AC1, ability to uh, select item to move to basket. So it'd be like, um, given I've accessed the website, because it's like, what's the steps to do it? So given I've accessed the website, uh, when I want to move an item to my basket, then I select the item. And yeah. I'm not given the solution, I'm given what the user wants to do. And I think that's really key. And so many people will make that mistake is, we will, as BAs, solutionize, and it's not our place to solutionize, because um, we also need to leave that open to the developers to work out what they can and can't do. So what used to happen is if we if we decided what the solution would be, which would be like, there is a star and I, and I select it, and we go into that, that detail, a developer might not be able to do that when they get it. They, they think like, yeah, yeah, we can do that, it's fine. Point it bring it into sprint and there'll always be a catch that will happen or something they can't quite do but they're tied into what we've specified in that ac and then if that goes to a tester the tester will go well it doesn't follow this so it's about yeah. helping your scrum team to make sure there isn't that argument that can sometimes take place between the two roles and just going okay this is the end goal as a developer you need to make sure it's it's correct for your for your coding practice and what you're trying to do as a team um and then it also allows the tester to go okay i'm not tied down to the exact movements of this so whatever the developer's done if it gives that end goal passed it's fine um, yeah yeah so yeah so but i wouldn't i think it takes a while to You've got to go through a lot of bruising as a BA to, to work out what's the correct story. And in interview, I'll be asked, how do you write your stories? And I will always respond. I will write it a certain way based on how the developers want it for this team. But it doesn't mean that's how I write it for the next team. It's It's got to right. work for the team. Um, that's so true. Yeah. So, and then you start to get a feel for like how they want them broken down. Um so, yes, yeah, so it's, it's all based on that delivery team and how they need those stories written because as a BA, the end goal is something that's going to work for the business. Um, I don't own the story. It's a team story. Um, yeah, so I always put my mock on, uh, wireframes on there that have come from UI UX or if I've had to do it myself. Um, I try to mark that up as much as possible. Um, but the key yeah. is to not be too diff like too detailed with that mock-up as well because, again, if things change, it can then cause confusion between what you've written and what's here and as a tester when they come in they're like oh hang a minute I'm seeing this thing but the word isn't that so what so what do you want and as a VA you want to not have too many of these um these points because you're busy trying to write the next stories and if you're constantly being brought back to the stories that are in sprint you're not going to get the next sprint worth of work there yeah nice that's a very interesting point of view in what way do you think all of these new methodologies have changed the relationship between business people and developers? Um, I think there is more interaction, actually, with Agile. Um, yeah. But actually, I think there is space for a bigger movement. Um, I And also as a, as a business analyst, when I, before I came to consultancy, back to consultancy world, 
is when I was working in companies, I, I think there should have been a greater onboarding process for the IT departments. Um, because at the end of the day, it's not there's the BA can can learn more about the business by sitting down shadowing. But actually, as part of an onboarding for anybody into a company, um, I think we should all sit down with the different departments and then tell us about what they do, what their goals are. Um, so that when a change request comes in or there's a new project, you go, ah, I, I understand it from my onboarding about this department. Um, whereas I think what happens too often is that you're just put in a department and you learn as you go. Um, and I just don't think that's good enough. Um, I think um, you see a lot of internal training happening with the departments for them to understand that like, sometimes the departments don't even have their processes written down uh, for new starters in their own departments. And I think so many times as a BA, I spend time writing down their processes when actually I should be able to just request that and their processes are handed over. Um, yeah. I don't think it takes a BA to write down your, uh, down a process. Um so I think there's a lot of there's still a lot to happen in that area is actually welcome the developers in the test, especially the testers as well, because um, a BA can look at it one way and a tester can look at it a different way. And actually, sometimes, if not most of the time, a tester will point something out. that I'm like, I didn't even think about that. So the more eyes you can have on how, how the business work, how departments in that work, um, then it makes that system so much better because so many people can will see something slightly different and you go, oh, yeah, I, I didn't think about that. And actually, it's better to do that up front in the requirement stage when you're reviewing the requirements as well than building something in the business going, that's not quite right. Um, because, again, even though we, we hand it over to the business uh, in a mock-up form to say, sure about this, again, that's put a lot of ownership on them. Um, mm -hmm. And I just think this should... It shouldn't be an us and them. It needs to become a collective of people all scrumming towards the same goal. Um, but very much, yeah, we need to move testers and, and developers more into these conversations with the business and to understand. The so, yeah, I think I think the one thing that would be really great to see is um, businesses inviting people from IT to come on their away days um, or even if they've got a client meeting and that could be a developer, a tester, definitely try and get your business analysts involved in that as much as possible anybody in the IT department platform engineers is invite them to a meeting that you're having um they'll sit there and just quietly watch but it helps them understand what's going on your side of, of the world um if you're having an away day invite them to it so that they can actually get to know people within the department because there's so many times where actually you, you need to understand something better and that's where by having a friendship um it really helps that um it breaks down the silo of it versus the business so sit with each other at lunchtime uh especially if the company has um i remember one company that was fantastic every month there would be an internal works do sort of thing at five o'clock where it'd just be a few drinks but it was a really good opportunity for that barrier to come down and get to know each other so even at lunchtime you can just be sat there and sort of be like oh do you know what this is really annoying me in the system and those small conversations you don't need to put in a change request for it just hearing it makes you more aware of it that we can go back and go actually what is going on here whereas if things have to constantly go through a formal process then it has to be built up to such a point that something's really going wrong for that to happen whereas a small little conversation would make somebody at IT go oh 
I'm just I might just go nicking on that if I've got an extra five day five minutes in my day or something yeah um so yeah I, I I definitely think that it would be great if the industry could start to move that way is just breaking down that silo a bit and in, in inviting the IT department into your world right that's very very nice um so if someone wanted to start their career in becoming a business analyst now what what would your advice be to them hmm. <laughs> it's an interesting one uh, it's actually a conversation I've had with my friend because he works in the university and so I when I did my transition I started with a degree in computer science and yes it definitely opened up some doors but all I'd done was start the degree I didn't have the degree so I'd done maybe a module at that point um and even that was really good that I had that module underneath my belt so but I wouldn't say you have to have the degree there's so many fantastic developers I've met in my time platform engineers architects who either self-taught or um went to college um a lot of it is they just a lot of the best developers I've met and I'm sorry for anybody who might take offense to this but the best ones that I've met is where it is their passion Mm. so it is if if you have passion for it then you're likely to do it at the weekend because it becomes your hobby and and you can really see it in their work output and actually I'm not going to just put that on developer that on any role within IT um if you haven't got passion for it then you could have a career but IT is so fast paced and there's always new improvements coming out that you'll never find the time in your working day to keep up with it um so about the whole lockdown story and uh working from home and how how are you feeling how are you coping with it are you ready to go back to the office um I'm probably doing quite okay because I have the army reservist element to my life so they allow me to break out sometimes to go on some training that is very heavily COVID secure just put that out there um so I get that social input from that um I'm looking forward to getting back to the office I think there's certain things that are easier in the office uh like whiteboarding sessions and things like that um but I do like being at home as well it's definitely helped me with savings um yeah I don't really feel like I've missed out on anything by being in in city but then when I was living in London I wasn't really living that London lifestyle I was always coming back home at the weekends um so I've not really had for a long time somewhere just to put my roots for a bit it was always Monday to Friday uh, lodgings um so yeah initially COVID's been good for me been horrific for other people um but I am looking forward to getting back to the office but not full time so uh, training Um, for the army and working full time how how are you actually doing this talk me a bit about this um well I'm really bad at holding down a relationship so that probably (laughs) 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 if I throw that element in I probably would crumble um how am I doing it uh you know again it comes down to passion so um I think it's about trying to balance everything out and I never write down a plan for it all because the moment I write that plan down two days later it's out the window um so you've just got some I never like to force anything in I'd like it to be naturally a part of it so before I was really struggling to do the running I just was really 
lacking in the energy to do that because I love the project I'm on. So if it meant I need to do an extra half an hour to an hour, I would be like, oh, I'm not going to go for that run. Uh, I think also because um, I was coming back from injury and there's a lot of pressure on me to get a really good run time. So it was a for me, I need to be aiming for about 10 minutes on a 2K run and I'm up at 15 and I'm about to be going on a course. There's a lot of pressure on me to get that down. And anybody who runs would know there's, it's hard to get a minute off. It can take months to do that. Oh, yeah. Um, years but it's some taking of that, years. yeah 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 but that's when you're putting in the effort <laughs> at some point like me getting 15 I wasn't fully putting in the effort like I wasn't pushing myself the hardest that I could be could on the run so I've just come back from my training and because I've passed the pressure's now off I'm enjoying going for those runs and I managed to get a minute off my run time um which was great still not at like the perfect time that I need um but I think that is key is anytime something becomes too pressurized is you need to somehow get rid of that pressure and get back to enjoying it. And then you will just want to do it. So, so yeah. This is really, really interesting. Most people think that people that work in tech, they're just like some geeks that just go to the office and then go for drinks and that's all they do with nothing else. And it's, it's, it's been quite a journey for me because I've, I've met so many people doing sports and that's mm. how I fell in love with sports again by working in this industry and seeing other people doing both of them together and um yeah it's 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 a misconception really mm. people that work in tech do exercise a lot and I really want to yeah. put that out there through this uh podcast yeah that's very right. I think I think I think actually if you think about our industry is we apart from more developers probably and testers is your job is to be at a computer writing some sort of code or testing something as a BA yes you can get before COVID because now everything's done over the calls you would be up on your desk going to a department to discuss something now actually as a BA if I saw a BA sat at her desk all the time or him all the time at her desk I'm like why why are you not with the business like I would have a bit of a concern around that whereas if a developer wasn't at their desk I'd be like where's the developer gone like what are they doing (laughs) um so I think it's really important if you're in an industry that you are having to be at your desk all the time is that you do find some way to to find exercise and maybe that's why in IT there is a lot of people that do a lot of sports because it is unless you're doing that then you're just at your desk yeah yeah it's very interesting so what's what's for the future what what does the future hold for you are you going to park the tech when you like park the tech industry for a while and go in for the army what what, what do you think um, hmm. um I would never do army full-time um right. Sometimes it's a bit of a love hate because it. I know I can step away at any time. Um, sometimes it can come really full on. Um, and when I say that, it's not. It's not in sort of a culture thing. It's more the training. So, for example, I might go on two weeks mandatory training, but I know at the end of those two weeks they have to give me back to my employer. Whereas if I was a regular, I could go out on exercise for two weeks. And I'm being and think at the end of these two weeks, I get to go back to my room and they go, no, 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 you're saying that you're going to stay out on exercise for a further week, whereas they can't do that with me. So that's what I mean by that is that I when I can step away, like I know I'm only with them for two weeks. 
So I know, especially if, if you think about it from a running point of view, um, you don't really know what distance you're going to run or for how long you're going to run. So you can gauge how much output to give. Um, and mentally that keeps you strong. When I'm on a reservist weekend, I know, okay, maybe my my field exercise was when you go out, out into the field and you try and live there. That will be, I think I did three days recently. Um, so mentally you can get yourself through that. And when they're asking me to do a physical output, I know it's only probably going to be about an hour or if it, at worst, it's going to be three, three days broken up for that. And then I can rest. Um, whereas for a regular, they, they, they're never going to have that mental security because they, they could get back and told, no, you go, we're going to go and do this or do that. Um, and I, and I think that's hard. And that's why I give them a lot of kudos for, for being a regular person. I just couldn't do it myself. Um, I very much would like to do a deployment. Uh, so that's what my next goal is. Um, and also as a BA, I'm, I'm looking at the data space and trying to open that up a bit in terms of how, how do you collect requirements in, in data and things like that. So that's sort of where I see myself now moving is um, I've got quite a good grasp of Agile, working with developer teams, and now I want to tackle the data space a bit more. Yeah. Nice. Do you think the training for the Army has given you like a good mindset to work for the tech industry? Do you think it helped? Um, I think it gives me more confidence. Yeah. Um, and I think there's a lot to be learned from the military ways. Uh, so for example, and it's something that I always make clear on this project is you have team leads. So when you're in a supportive role, you should always respect that team lead um, and let them decide what they need to do for their teams. And that viewpoint I've always taken from the military because that's how it goes. The officer will never go to somebody, so like a developer or tester who isn't a team lead. They would go to effectively their sergeant, their platoon sergeant. Their platoon sergeant will go to their corporals who would be like your senior team members. And then they will go and discuss it out with their lads. Or they just go, no, 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 the, the reason that happened was because of X, Y, Z. Um, and I think that level of discipline and respect is very much needed in IT because whenever I've seen a project go wrong, it's because the wrong person is going to the wrong person, getting misinformation. Um, and yeah, so That's definitely um, I learn a lot. Um, the military teaches me a lot about strategy. Um, but the downside to it is when you're on a military course you have to be very shouty very loud because you, you need to raise your voice over gunfire or whatnot or you need somebody who might be going too into themselves you need them to move um whereas you can't bring that back to your city street job like if <laughs> i came in shouting, that. yeah <laughs> yeah so if i came in shouting at the guys like that just would not be appropriate um so that's when normally when i come off the weekend either i'm sleeping I always try and go for a run or something just to get that energy that's being built up from the course to get that out of me so that when I come back to my city job um, it's appropriate what levels of where I now am on how to deal with a situation yeah wow that was amazing that was like great information amazing journey so far uh, thank you thank you so much for agreeing mm -hmm. to uh, come to this podcast thank you thank you Abby. Can I just add one thing about yeah. the education thing? Um, is grades aren't hugely important either. So I just want to make it out there for people that 
when I was going for education, uh, I always felt like to work in IT or in a business job, you had to be an A, B student. I didn't have wonderful grades, um, didn't go to uni straight away. A-levels, again, weren't great, but I've managed to do it. So if you want this career and you're willing to put in the time, again, if you've got the passion, then you'll learn it because you, you can be passionate about it. Um, you can do it. So don't think, oh, I didn't do very well at school, therefore it's not for me. Um, just pick, see what professional qualifications are out there. Um, maybe do a college uh, diploma or something um, and forget forget your school days. Yeah, that's done park it and yeah welcome to the yeah I couldn't agree more I couldn't agree more there's so many parents that are worried because their kids are not doing well at school and I've yeah. always been telling them don't like school is not everything and yeah. I don't know about you but the experience that my generation had in in the in Greece and I know that this mm. happens in the Mediterranean in general Spain mm. Italy parents want their kids to do really really well at school and there's a lot of pressure for this and yeah. it's a big 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 mistake I've seen I have colleagues I have um schoolmates that failed school and now work for Google that's how yeah. that's yeah. how like and, and that's the thing schools, schools don't test for that and also what is huge is is people's soft skills and I think that goes completely unnoted in schools is actually you you could come with no experience but if you know how to talk to people if you have those soft skills if you've got emotional intelligence you will do well yeah thank you so much thank you Abby if you made it this far you might as well go and write and review on Apple Podcasts you can find us on Verified Geek